Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I am here to share with you my own journey to self-empowerment and all of the things that I have learned along the way. I pull from my vastly unique encounters, wide variety of experiences, and overly active imagination to bring to you, well, just absolutely everything I know. We are going to deep dive into spirituality, transformation, and healing. We are going to empower you to change your life, raise your vibe, and create the life you want to be living. I want to spin you into action. I want to launch you out of your comfort zone, and I want to give you the tips, tools, and the inspiration to go and live your most empowered dream life. Welcome back this week. I am so glad that you are back to join us. I am here for you this week with our very first guest interview, and I am really excited for you to check out this episode this week. Um, Our guest, Sandy, has so many great insights for us, so go ahead and settle in and get ready to take some notes. Let me introduce everybody this week. I have my friend Sandy on, and I really quickly want to just say how Sandy and I met. We both met inside of Manifestation Babe Academy. We both follow Catherine Zinkina, and we love her. And we we connected through kind of like an accountability group. We formed, there was originally a larger group of us, and there's now mm-hmm. three of us that consistently talk still. And I love our little group. Sandy's amazing. And so is Jen. She's part of our group, but I have Sandy here with us today and she has, um, really stepped into her calling as an intuitive healer and a, um, distance Reiki. She provides distance Reiki and actually had my first session with her not so long ago. So Go ahead, Sandy. Do you want to tell us a little bit of your story and how you found Reiki and how you started with, um, you know, following down this path of intuitive healing? Yeah, of course. No, thanks for having me here. And I'm just really honored to be a part of it. And I'm just really happy that we met through Catherine's um, accountability group. And yeah, to add, there was like six people, I think, but it, it got whittled down to three. And, and I think that's the perfect number. I think so. Yeah. But my journey, um, so basically what happened, I'll start about two and a half years ago um, to give the full, uh, more of a better picture. <laughs> so about two and a half years ago, I got diagnosed with lupus. I had been going to, I was going to school full time for my master's degree and um, working full-time at the same time. And I was really pushing myself. I was recently married in the past like year or two before that. And it just, um, I was also trying to work on, like I said, keeping up a household and, and doing all of that. So it was just so much. And I just got so exhausted. I, I was able to graduate. I somehow pushed my way through. But then after that, I just crashed. I um, I was still working full time, but I just had no energy to do anything, no nothing. Yeah, basically what happened is I I had been experimenting with different foods, like cutting out foods, see how I feel over the past few years. So I knew that like food uh, and has a a part of how it plays into your health. I just hadn't found 
the right, actually I had found, um, I had cut out soy the year before and I had started to feel better. So then I ended up following a person on Instagram. I won't name his name cause I don't really trust him anymore and I don't want people to follow him, but, um, he was like really into plant-based and, okay. and, and everything that he preached was, was amazing. He had the message that you can heal. And he shared all these stories of other people who were able to heal using plant-based. And it just inspired me. I was like, I can heal. I can heal. And like every day I'd watch these stories. And then I started the plant-based. I cut out a lot of foods. And another reason why I don't really want to recommend him is because the group has gotten very cult-like and it's just like one way and that's it. And, and I feel like the way that you should eat is more intuitive. Yeah. Um, it's taken me a long time to get to that point. So, um, yeah, I definitely recommend the plant-based, but you should, I rec- you should start slow. I didn't realize that at the beginning because no matter what you're going to go through, what's called a healing crisis. Now a healing crisis when, is whenever your symptoms get worse before they get better. And a lot of people find that whenever they do that, they, they're not doing it right or something, but it's just the detox period, basically when you're starting to flush out everything from your body. But I pushed through. I, I did it and I um I felt worse for like two months because I was pushing myself way more than I, I should have. Oh wow, and you stuck with it though. I stuck with it. Um yeah, I basically cut out gluten, dairy, eggs. I had already cut out the soy, I cut out corn, I didn't drink anymore, so no alcohol, not very much meat, definitely no pork, that was a thing, and I had already cut that out. I was eating some chicken here and there, but not really much red meat. Um, Yeah, but but basically that, it was just very extreme, and it's, (laughs) looking back, I I can get to that later, but I know that's part of my eating disorder as well. But yeah, basically I, I pushed through that, and I started to get kind of back to like my normal in a way. Um. And then I just, basically I was suffering with not only lupus, I was suffering with cystic acne, with eczema, psoriasis, and, and like the acne was the worst one because it's, I had gotten off a of medicine like the year before that had suppressed the cystic acne when I had first started to get it in my early 20s. And it was just a, a mess. It just, I was like, okay, this has to let up at some point. And some days it was better. Some days it was worse. I'd wake up and have like, six pimples coming up and they were, those are like the painful ones too. Yeah. I say, isn't that the kind that it's very painful? Yeah. It's really, really painful. And um, isn't it exacerbated by like stress and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I've realized that whenever I go through detox that the acne gets worse. <laughs> just like, Yeah. And that's just a sign for me. Like sometimes now if, if I'm checking in with myself and I know I'm maybe pushing myself a little too hard, I'll end up getting a couple pimples overnight and I'm like, okay, all right, body. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, what else, what do I need to do to kind of take a, a break or. Um, That's a really on? great. That's a really great point to see like, like you're very obviously in tune and you know how your body reacts to stress. So you can um, wow. be on the lookout for that. I love that. I need to start paying more attention because um, I know we talked about like my sciatica. I noticed yeah. mine's really flared up the last couple of days. So I'm like, but I've been doing a lot of healing meditations and stretching and like chakra and crystal, um, you know, things with it. So it's really resonating. I'm like, is it getting worse? Because we're on the verge of getting better. 
Yeah, it sounds like it. I I still have that too. Like I, I've always had IBS as well. A lot of GI issues and doing yeah. this. It's really balanced things out for sure. Um, but yeah, I still have days where I, even if I don't change my diet on a physical level, like I do some additional like energetic healing, I have detox from that, like on the physical side, like it's, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be just changing your, your physical diet. It's yeah, doing the additional energetic healing that ends up causing the physical detox symptoms. Also as well. Gosh, that's so fascinating how it all interplays together. Like, yeah. So learning a lot about it. <laughs> no. So, so you ended up doing the plant-based diet. So then what led you to Reiki? Yeah. So for sure. Um, basically about a year into doing the plant-based diet, I kind of started to plateau. Um, I had healed a lot and, and I, my acne was starting to get better. My, uh, like a lot of my symptoms, I even have a whole list of my symptoms and like I kept track of them from the very beginning so I wouldn't forget um, 30 or 40 symptoms of, of different things. Like I have to find the list, but wow. yeah, it was uh, uh, looking back at it sometimes I'm like, wow, I forgot I was suffering with this. Like, oh yeah, I used to have the worst brain fog ever. And it's like, that's pretty much cleared up, which is incredible. Right. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I love how you kept track of your symptoms too, because then it gave you a measuring point because we can, we can keep track of it in our mind. Like, Oh, when's the last time? Like I felt that back pain or something like that. But if you're not writing it down, then that's going to end up fading. And as I love that you gave yourself an actual measuring stick, that's very important. Yeah. I feel like it is for sure. Like for, for anything. Cause like, yeah, when you start to get better, you kind of forget where you came from, like where you were at and yeah, how bad it was. So, um, but yeah, getting to the, the Reiki, um, sorry, it's a long story. No, I'm sorry. And I keep squirreling and like, wait, I have something to ask. So (laughs) no, you're fine. Ask me anything. (laughs) But yeah, I've reached a plateau with the um, plant-based in a way. And I just realized that there was more to it. Like I said, there's more. Um, so I found some podcasts I started listening to, and I just started devouring knowledge on the universe and spirituality and healing and shadow work and reparenting. It's like, I I just could not get enough. Um, yeah. So that was at the beginning of 20 or beginning of last year, actually 2019. So then I, I found a place up the street from me and they had a lot of like um, shamanic journeying course classes and they started doing like Reiki circles. So I started participating in those and I just started really loving it. Like um, I got the beginning actually with Reiki. It took a lot for me to like silence my mind for that long. I, I just kept fighting it like in my head. It's like, is it done yet? Is it done yet? definitely takes work to get to that point where you're okay with being quiet with yourself. Yes, it does. But (laughs) it's worth it when you, you know, it can be done. Even the noisiest chatter, it can be, there's, there's so many ways. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. And, and I just realized it was my brain. Like there was so much I was repressing so much that needed to be dredged up in a way. So yeah, I, I knew it was just my way of healing. And, and then eventually I was able to start incorporating more meditation, but I was still a little resistant to it. Like it's kind of like going to the gym in a way. 
it's yeah. like once you do it or once you get there, it's fine. But it's like getting to that point. Yes. Or it's like once it's over, you know you're going to feel better. But it's like, you know, <laughs> during the middle of it, you're, you are kind of like, is this over yet? You know? Right. Or even before I start, I'm like, oh, yeah. I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do this. Oh, I ran out of time now. Yeah, and I don't have a procrastination. <laughs> so I've definitely done all of those. <laughs> I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> Yeah, I realized that, um, yeah, throughout the year, I started just healing and just doing more things. And then the place that did the Reiki circles, they offered a Reiki one attunement class in November. So then I was curious more about it. I I started asking questions and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. Because even if I don't end up like pursuing a business, like I can still do Reiki on myself and that's so worth it. Yeah, so I ended up signing up for the Reiki class, and um, I went through the attunement process, and I I just had the craziest experience, craziest, wildest, and like the best way possible. I know you are Reiki one as well, so I'm sure you have some stories there. Yeah, but after, basically the way that they did it is they split it up into two different classes uh, like over a week period two Sundays instead of doing it all at once it's it's a lot yeah (laughs) and it's not just like a class where they just teach you it like they actually have to do something through Reiki to open up your crown chakra to so you can do it better yeah so you can see mine was I actually got my um my first attunement it was like literally we had it scheduled for the end of March right before COVID shut everything down. So she ended up doing it with us via Zoom session like this. And she says, I've never done like a distance attunement, but she had a friend who had done it before. And so she like had taught her how to do it. And so we did it over a whole entire weekend. So we met like, I think Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday night. So it was a long weekend. And it was not traditional. She was like, I don't like to do it this way, but you know, because of COVID and she wanted to offer us that and we were willing to try it out. We said, sure, we'll, we're up for it. You know, it, we were all very pleasantly surprised by the end of it because she did, you know, attunement. She obviously couldn't lay hands on us, but she said, I just visualized it and set the intention because each of us were just like, wow, we really felt like, ourselves open up and like yeah the energy come in so it's it's such a powerful yeah I remember just like kind of almost like a what is happening like is this like something's happening you know it it was a crazy experience you're right it was it was intense in like the best way possible like I remember the first part of it that that they did it it was like a four or five hour period on for the first week and then four or five hours the next week because they do go into like the history of Reiki yeah. and all that I'm sure you did that too yeah um and, and then, then mm-hmm, I know we were, we were supposed to do like um being you know, a practicing on each other we didn't get to do that but she did have us do some self-Reiki so just to to try but yeah then um then how when did you end up getting your like your level two. I'm sure you're getting there. I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, no, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah. So level two actually happened in February of this year. So right before COVID as well. Um, so the, the timing was, was right. And, um, you know, my, well, I definitely had some 
experiences through the Reiki meditations during like the attunements. So, so basically, I can't remember my level one ones. I, I, I've journaled it all. I'd have to look back at it. Yeah. But I know on level two, like I had the craziest, most intense visualization. Like I imagined, uh, I still remember it. I still imagined this whole thing. I went like up a mountain and then into this hole at the top of the mountain into a cave of like emeralds and malachite everywhere, like the greenest crystals, like my favorite color. And then I went through like a door there, which ended up loading me into a field with like all this golden wheat and like the yellow sun. It was just like the perfect day. And this cat, like my mom's cat, well, kind of like my mom's cat, it's like the neighbor's cat, but basically like my mom's because she, uh, he always comes over to my mom's and he's like a yellowish orangish cat as well. So it was like the whole yellow gold theme uh, almost. And then he guided me up. We went through the fields to this farmhouse and I went to this farmhouse and I was sitting in front of the fire and my granddad who had passed away a few years ago, he appeared and it was just like such a powerful experience. And I remember saying, how are you here? I like ran up to hug him and he said, I'm always here. And he faded like into thin air, but like I knew he was still there. Yes. That's so beautiful. Like what a beautiful experience. It was like, I know he was visiting me to, to let me know. I feel like, I mean, I loved all my grandparents, but I feel like I was closest to him. Special connection. Yeah. I was like the first grandchild on his side and he babysat me every day. Like, I love that. And so he was there during your attunement because that was an important moment. It was. Yeah. I love that. And like I said, that memory just still sticks out to me. Like, yeah, I just love thinking that. I just feel so much love in my heart. After taking a detour with some personal conversation, Sandy and I then dove back in. Some people are very resistant to (laughs) trying things. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm always the opposite. I'm like, oh, what's this new thing? Let's try it. <laughs> right. I got to try everything once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, we're very similar. <laughs> Except skydiving. Um, I don't think I'll do skydiving. I, I really wanted to. Actually, mm-hmm. I had like a plan to do it before I got diagnosed with the lupus and everything, and that got put on hold. Yeah. But now I've realized that, like I said, basically with numbing myself my whole life, I had to find ways to find thrill and adrenaline. So I used to watch scary movies and things. Now I hate them. I can't do it. I used to love like roller coasters and the thought of them, it just doesn't really give me the same excitement. No, what I understand um, what you mean when you're already, you know, numbing those emotions to where you can't, you need that extreme thrill almost to feel, to pass that numbing threshold of whatever, whatever substance that you've been using to numb, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I remember being in, in high school and I, used to cut myself um and that was another form of feeling like and not like feeling I was numbing anymore yeah I never did it like too so bad nobody knew but Uh yeah I I did that like I said I've realized that was just another way of, of feeling for me it was kind of um 
like a pressure release. I think we've talked about that before. Like I get a physical feeling of buildup of pressure. And so it's right. like a valve release almost. Yeah, I definitely experienced the same thing. It just felt like almost like a meditation in a way, but very yes. unhealthy one. Yes. Um. It would almost put you, yes, in almost like a kind of a, a cathartic state. That's what I would want to say. A very cathartic state of just like, no, I don't feel anything. The pressure's gone. Like that, right. that uncomfortable feeling is gone now. Exactly. Yeah. You just felt like so much pressure from everything happening around you. And we were never taught on, I mean, we were taught what emotions were, but we were never taught how they were actually on like an emotional level rather than like a logical level. Yes. So I just feel like so many people just didn't know how to process their emotions, didn't know how to deal with them. Most people just end up repressing their emotions, including me, like to the extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like I said, I finally was able to admit to myself last year that I had the eating disorder, like overeating, binge eating, food addiction in quotes, because it's not really an addiction. It, It basically like to me, it's, any type of addiction is just another form of masking. It's another, it's a symptom of something else. Like for me, it was my anxiety. And I know me and you both went through similar things. So if you want to say like your take on it. I do like the way that you explain that as a symptom of something else. It was, like you said, a mask for your anxiety. I would say mine was probably just a mask for, for like everything. My low self-esteem for you know, oh, that's a powerful question. Let me think about that. (laughs) No, that's good. Take your time. And it's, it is very powerful. It's taken me, it took me months to get to that, uh, basically to realize like what the root cause of everything was. And I realized that I had anxiety my entire life, but nobody ever told me, like I've been to so many therapists I've been to, but nobody ever said I had anxiety. Like, I think it's because I was just so calm And I think it's because I numbed myself and I put on the happy face, smiling all the time. Yeah. Nobody knew like what was going on inside. And it's like, you think as therapists, they would be trained to detect what's going on underneath, but nobody really did. You're very high functioning. That's where we kind of slip under the radar is we have these disorders or these, those things going on like anxiety or Um, like in my case, I'm almost wondering, I have ADHD. Is that, you know, kind of a mask for, for my, um, I was diagnosed with ADD too and depression at one point. (laughs) That's where we slip under the radar is because we're high functioning. I think that that's what allowed me like to get away with my alcohol problem for so long was because it's high functioning until it wasn't, but because we know how to put on that mask and slip out and put on the face that we need to put on to exactly. not burden others with like our pains and whatever's going on inside. Right. That's so true. And and I've been being called to do more shadow work lately. And I was reading this book called The Shadow Effect, and they were talking about how everybody has these masks that they put on. And that's basically like, because you can't accept what's going on inside you. And obviously when we were growing up, I mean, we didn't know what was happening. And, and we've just had this mask on for so many decades until we finally decided to do the work and peel off layer by layer. And it's not an easy process, like facing your shadow and everything there. It takes a lot of courage, but it's 
so worth it um, because you're better off facing it and accepting it because there's not good people or bad people in the world. Everybody is a variety of good, bad, and I don't even like using the words good or bad. It just yeah. like, like positive and negative. It just depends on people's conditioning and growing up, environment and all of that. I like to say kind of, it's kind of like everybody's reality. We're all living like the same reality. We're all in the same world, but everybody's perspective is different. So everybody's reality and where they're coming from is just a little bit, you know, different. And so that, but it can seem really extreme to us if it's not like what we're used to. So I see, yeah, because I struggle. I don't like to say like bad or good either. And sometimes it's hard for me to figure out what words to use other than good or bad. Yeah, but like I said, that that mask, like I feel like so many people have have this mask on and they just feel like they're not truly seen, they're not truly heard by their spouse, by boyfriend, girlfriend, by their parents, by society. And it's like you just blame everybody else. That's where I was at for so long. I was like, why doesn't anyone see me? Why this? But it, it took me going on my healing journey in these past couple years to realize that I had to be the one to see me first and nobody else could see me until I could see me, oh which was such a light bulb moment. <laughs> I, yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, I have a similar saying lately of nobody's coming to save me. Like I have to save my, like, Right. It's very dramatic, but like nobody's, you know what I mean? Nobody's coming to do this work for me. Like, right. you save yourself. Yes. And yeah. I love how you're explaining the mask and what keeps popping into my head is kind of like the mirror theory. I keep thinking of like the qualities that maybe we don't like in ourselves or the parts of us that we see as bad or our shadow selves or mm-hmm. the parts of us that we don't want people knowing about. I do sometimes see myself like almost projecting that onto somebody else. Like, oh my gosh, she just said, or, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example. I do it sometimes with my weight. For for me, I mean, like I said, the book I'm reading, it definitely talks about the projections and how people just don't realize like they're suffering through the same exact thing that they're projecting on other people. Like for, for me, I, I've never been like a really judgmental person, but it's like when, if I saw somebody who is overweight, like I'm overweight and I'd be like, like kind of disgusted in a way. And, and I knew it was because I was disgusted with myself and it's taken me a long time to get to that point. And I'm like, I mean, they're suffering with like everybody else. Like everyone has things that they, they go through. So, but that's yes. So thank you. You just explained that beautifully. What I was trying to say. Like, oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I'm working on my voice. Yeah. Where I'm, um, you know, maybe looking at other people and passing the same judgments of like, well, I do the same thing, you know? And I think that, I think that it's important though, when we can recognize that and turn that back around, like you said, you were casting judgment on somebody else that you saw was overweight, but you were able to do, like you said, reflect on that and turn it back around and realize, Hey, I'm, I'm making this judgment because I feel bad about myself in that area. Like that's an area I need to work on within myself. So I love that. I think that's an important lesson that if we lesson that if we see ourselves consistently maybe doing that with somebody or consistently passing the same judgments on multiple people, is that something that we need to look at within ourselves? Yeah. And it takes a lot of observation too. Like it's, 
very subconscious in a way. Like yeah. you're saying it out loud or thinking it in your head, but you don't really think deeper than that. Like, oh, no, they need to work out or like, I don't know. <laughs> Yes. There's so many thoughts that are just like flying through our head all day long that you don't always catch all of them either, you know? Right. And then you feel slightly guilty. You're like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking that. Like I'm a bad person again. Like that thought has just definitely taken a lot of work and a lot of being open to my own journey and my own flaws, which it is hard. I'm not going to lie, but it's so worth it to like to face your fears, face your demons head on and work through them. They're not going to hold you back forever. Now let's dive back into some more talk about Reiki. I was going to say, do you feel like it's significantly benefited like your quality of life as far as like with your lupus and less symptoms and less flare-ups? Yeah. So, so I used to be, I think when I was diagnosed with it, I was basically in one giant flare-up that never really went away. Well, you said you had like 40 something symptoms that, you know, something probably was always, you would always be in some sort of, you know, something going on. Right. Yeah. Like here's a little list if you can see. Yeah, so some of them was brain fog, memory loss, anxiety, edema in my hands and feet, shortness of breath when walking, even if it wasn't strenuous. Um, I always have a rib that pops out of on my back around like my right lung, and my chiropractor always pops it back in. I used to have neuropathy in my right arm shoulder here. Like it was just so bad. Like I'd put deodorant on like in my left armpit with that. And my whole arm would go numb for like two minutes. Yeah, like worse than pins and needles. Not like hurting, but it just like was a different feeling than just like falling asleep. Um, Weak muscles. I could barely carry groceries from the car to my apartment without being exhausted for the rest of the day and in pain. Like I said, numbness, tingling, food intolerances, chronic fatigue trouble concentrating, trouble staying awake throughout the day, cold intolerance. And so most of this you feel like has been relieved for the most part. Yeah, most of this has really gone away. I mean, I still have flare-ups once in a yeah. while, but I've realized that over the last year, year and a half, I've probably had one or two flare-ups the entire time. And it was brought on probably because I had uh, a root canal done, something like really traumatic that just yeah. stressed your body out. Wow. That's incredible though. The, the decrease in the frequency. So are you still following like a plant-based diet? Yeah, I do about like 50% um, for the most part. I'm, I don't like to put myself in a box, so I will never like label myself vegan, vegetarian. It's yeah. just, I just feel there's nothing wrong with that. And if, if that's how you choose to eat, that's great. If not, that's great too. I just don't like to put labels on things because as soon as you put labels on things, like people just like take it to the extreme. Because you're following more of like an intuitive eating and doing that now, just kind of like eating what feels right for you, what feels good for you. Yeah, so basically my eating journey, what I realized is when I first started doing plant-based, I was eating a ton of fruits, vegetables, beans, some like gluten-free grains. I was trying to do mostly grain-free too for a lot of it. Potatoes, I was still eating those. But yeah, I real and then I thought at that point, oh, I have to lose weight from doing this. Like this is healthy, like I'm going to lose weight. But then I realized over a year of doing it, I gained 20 pounds. And it was like, 
yeah, I mean, you can still overeat with plant-based foods. It it took me a couple months after that point to realize like there's no perfect style of eating. And I started kind of slowly incorporating more foods like that I had cut out and, and just trying to deal with, okay, like if this isn't working for me, then what would work for me? And then I realized, and then I heard the term, it's called orthorexia. And it's basically an eating disorder where you have to eat perfect all the time. And it's just like another form of controlling your food. I mean, for me, I know it helped heal me a lot because plant-based was amazing. And and I recommend that for anyone, but like I said, I recommend starting slow and just adding things into your diet. And then you can slowly cut things out that you may feel like don't agree with you, but don't do it all at once. Like I did. And then, like I said, right around that point, that's when I started finding like the spirituality and and all of that. So like the timing of that worked out. So I just started uh, incorporating more journaling, more, um, and it took me a while to get into journaling too, because I used to think it was like, like, dear diary, I did this today kind of thing. And it took me a while. So then I just started writing like, kind of like, yeah, what I, what happened that day? And and like I said, I was still really numb to my emotions. So a lot of my early journalings didn't really include much emotion. It was just like more factual, more analytical, I guess. Yeah. And um, this happened. I went here. I went there. Like <laughs> I ate this. Yeah. I ate, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a little deeper than that. Like, okay. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. It was like a tiny bit deeper than that. Not much. <laughs> like I walked to the, yeah, the mailbox. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I didn't do it every day. Only when something happened, like, like I don't, I don't even remember a how situation I, or an, like an incident, something. Yeah. Yeah, and I wrote about it to the best of my knowledge that I could do. And, um, have you ever heard of the term CEN or childhood emotional neglect? Basically, saying how if you grow up in a household where you have an a, a parent that's um isn't in tune with their emotions, then they're not in tune with their child's emotions. And then that's how a lot of us end up being narcissists or codependent people pleasers. And Uh and like that whole cycle, like, and yes, it's really interesting. And and, um, there's a book, I think it's called running on empty. Okay. Chuck. So Um, many good resources here. I know. Well, we and you love to read. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I will make sure that I link all these for us in the show notes. Okay, good. Yeah, it's called Running on Empty by Dr. Jonice, J-O-N-I-C-E, Webb, W-E-B-B. Awesome. Yeah, and she's like, she basically experienced it herself and, and realized as a therapist or psychiatrist, I forget exactly what her title is, but um she was just kept seeing these patterns and, and realized like we can heal from numbing out from this emotional neglect and, and these patterns that have been played out since our childhood. Like we just keep trying to repeat the patterns from that we had with our parents over and over in relationships throughout our life. <laughs> so tell us your business, your, um, what made you decide that you like wanted to do that for people that you wanted to help heal other people with Reiki? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So after I got Reiki to a tune, we started practicing on other people and, um, and the place that I got attuned at here in Pittsburgh, they, 
um, have a free Reiki clinic once a month, or at least they did up until COVID. Um, so people could come in for like free, like 15 minute session of Reiki and experience it. Um, yeah, it was amazing. So at that time I volunteered to help because one of the normal people that did it was, was sick. So he wasn't going to be able to, I remember driving and, and parking like, and I was just so nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be practicing on people. Like, what if I fail? <laughs> but then I faced it. I went in and it was the most amazing experience. Like the first person I practiced on, or I, I did the Reiki on, yeah, it was this guy. He was maybe like 30s or, or so. But yeah, he sat in this chair. We had folding chairs for it. Um, and then I did the Reiki. And afterwards, I told him what I experienced. And, and basically what happened is, um, I told him I saw the color blue I said that aligns more with your throat chakra. And I said some t tips that you can work on to open up your throat chakra naturally is one way of singing. And he stopped me and he said, I used to be a singer. And I said, Oh, wow. You're giving yeah. me the chills. <laughs> I know. I love stuff like that. Yeah. And then the second thing is I saw a wolf pop into my head while I was doing Reiki. And I told him that. And he's like, that's my spirit animal. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, you feel so good, too, because you're like, it just gives you confidence in yourself and your intuition. Like, okay, this is my intuition speaking. Exactly. Yeah. It was just so powerful. Like, he knew it was my first time because, like, yeah. my, my teacher introduced me and said, uh, so he didn't really expect anything. So when I started doing this, he's just like, what? Like, he's like so shocked, but in the best way. And, and then I said, I also felt something like I didn't know how to describe it, but because I was very new to Reiki. But now I know it's because I was feeling someone else's pain. Like I was literally, it was transmitting into my body in a way where I was able to feel it and then release it. So I felt when I was working on his knees, which is basically like a better way when you're doing it in person instead of working on the hips. Cause like, that's yeah, a sensitive area for people yeah. in person. So I was working on the knees and I felt something on my, I think it was his right knee, my left hand. So I just felt like energy or something. Like I felt like this side was, is something's going on here. Like that, I was trying to explain it the best I could. And he said, I had a stroke here recently and my whole right side is affected. So I was able to pick that up and it shocked me. It, like my teacher wasn't surprised. It's like, oh, he knew I was an empath from like day one before I even realized it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you manifest like a physical pain in your body when you feel that? Or is it just kind of like this extra surge of energy? Yeah, it's like an extra surge of energy. And I realized that I've basically had that gift my entire life. Um, but it just took Reiki to actually be able to differentiate between what I'm feeling, what others are feeling in a way. And, but I think the main cause of my disease is because I was picking up on everyone else's uh, physical pain and emotional pain around me. And I was taking it on to myself. I, I didn't know the difference. And yeah, yeah. now that I'm aware, like I feel that and it's like, I just work through it. And then it, then it, then I feel it go away. Then I know like, it's okay to move on. I'm not like, it doesn't stay with me. Like, oh, wow. 
the brain is so much more intricate than we ever realized. Like, yes. So what I know some people can't like, yes. What I love is cause I've had both Reiki in person and then also distance with Sandy. What I really love is the intuitive aspect that you bring to it though. The, you know, the insight that you can offer as far as that goes, where you're detecting blockages, where you're, you know, detecting something that's going on that we might not even realize, like you picked up on my root canal that I need to have done that like, it doesn't always hurt me and it hasn't been bothering me lately. But as as you told me, like, I picked up something here. I'm like, oh, I know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's like, sometimes I pick up things and I don't know what it is. Cause then I'm just like, well, I feel something here. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, like, and I'm trying to figure it out in my own head, like what I, I picked up and yes. like a lot of the spirit animals or things I pick up. I'm like, I have to look it up after because I don't know what they all mean. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many. Oh, um, I know. I know. It's so nice to align. And I love that it's just a really good way to like, um, just to feel closer to your higher power kind of thing. That's what I really love about, yeah. about all of, you know about all of it, about being able to get silent and meditate and like journal. I just, I feel closer to like myself and my higher power. It's just, you know what I mean? I I completely get it a hundred percent. Like, and I feel the same way. It's like now I've been trying to do like 30 minutes to an hour of Reiki on myself a day and and just Mm -hmm. to stay in tune and in touch. And and that's my form of meditation because it's basically just like meditation Um, so I, I do that and yeah, it's great. And I know like if I don't go or if I miss a day, I feel it. Like I, I just feel like something is missing. Like, yeah, yeah, something's off. I'm more stressed. Like, Oh, what happened? And it's like, Oh, I forgot to do this. (laughs) Yes. I'm the same. I have to do, I don't necessarily do like self reiki every day, but I feel like I have to do some form of like energy therapy sometimes it's tapping some days I get in a mood for breath work some days it's reiki so I know what you mean if there's a day that I'm going by that I'm not doing some kind of energy work I can I can tell for sure and I love tapping and I love breath work as well um yeah, it was definitely the last couple months I've been doing a lot of breath work and mm. that's helped a lot. I know that's really helped me to like super get in touch with my emotions. Like it's so powerful that you, that we're doing that work. Like, and like you said, it takes a lot of bravery to get up and do it because it's not easy work. Like it's not <laughs> fun to go through and face old hurts and old emotions and just all all the crap that we stuffed down, like it's not fun to face it, but it is so like it just feels you feel so much lighter when you're yeah, done. You do feel freer, and it's like, yeah, I mean, you don't realize how much it affects your life, like yeah. in every way. And it's like once you can work past it, your life is going to be so much better. Like you're going to be able to do so much more, manifest more because you were able to get past your mindset blocks and all of that. Like, okay, I'll wrap it up because I know you probably want to go, but no, you're fine. <laughs> besides distance Reiki, you do offer um, distance Reiki session for others, but you also offer um, kind of like some intuitive coaching along with your sessions as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about like what, 
what you provide as far as the intuitive coaching? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Normally after a session, which I, I do over Zoom, and then I just talk about my insights afterwards. And they're all just very personalized based on your experience, like your life and what I've been able to pick up. Um, so I always give like a little bit of insight there. And um, I also offer coaching in addition to that, like a whole package with Reiki and coaching, just because there, there's so much to discuss, so much to work through. I feel like having that coach to be able to talk through, like, this is what I experienced, this is what I'm going through in life, like, how can I work through this? And then specifically target that in Reiki. Yeah, like there's ways to break old patterns through Reiki, like if, if we... If you want to quit smoking, if you want to do certain things, there's ways that we can target your third eye chakra and, and basically program a new way of, of thinking. Wow. I didn't know that. Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> and like our next session is going to be fun. I'm okay. See. Yeah. Let me know. We got to talk. Wait a minute. <laughs> right? That is so awesome. So go ahead and tell everybody, where can we find you? If somebody wanted to book a session with you, um, where are they able to find you on social media and your site? Of course. Yeah. I'm mainly on Instagram. Uh, my handle is Reiki. That's R-E-I-K-I coaching by Sandy. And my website's the same Reiki coaching by Sandy.com. Okay. And I'll link everything in show notes for you guys. So you guys can go check out Sandy on Instagram, go check out her website. You have to go and book a distance Reiki session. Mm -hmm. I am, I'm not kidding you. You, it, it is. You won't regret it. Worth it. You will not regret it. I promise. And like I said, my, I just really loved the extra special, special touch of the, you know, intuitive insight afterwards on what's going on inside your body, especially if you feel like you are really stressed out or you do have a lot of, it's just, if you feel like your body's whacked out and out of balance and you're just not feeling good, like we talked about, this mm -hmm. is a wonderful way that Sandy can offer insight into what she feels going on inside of you. And she can offer that insight on, Hey, here's what you could, what you need to be doing some more of. <laughs> Right. And yeah, even just like one session to start with is yes. so powerful. Like you've only had one session and yes. you've already noticed a lot of changes. Yes. And I'm already like, yeah, this is going to be a monthly thing because that was great. <laughs> I like my that. monthly massage. I want to thank you so, so much for giving up your time to come and share your story and share about you know, how you were able to heal, heal yourself. It's such an inspiring story. And I know that there's so many people out there who are just suffering from all of these symptoms of, like you said, those underlying things that we are, that are being masked. So our body, our bodies are trying to get our attention and they have to send us these physical, these kind of physical hits to get our attention. So of course, yes. yes. So go see Sandy if you need to go take care of that guys. So <laughs> thank you so much, Sandy, for being here on the show. I really hope that you enjoyed hearing Sandy's story today. And I just wanted to touch back on a couple of really important takeaways from our episode today. So pay attention to your body. That's really important. 
When your body is sending you a physical pain, these are clues that you've got something going on, not only maybe physically, but also maybe on an emotional and energetic level. A lot of our emotions are stuffed down and repressed, and so they are stored in areas of our body, and when we are not giving them the proper space to be released and acknowledged, they are going to continue to sit there, and their way of letting you know that they're still there, and hey, we need to be dealt with is going to be sending you physical pain cues. So if you have been experiencing pains that you can't get to the bottom of, or you just feel like you're constantly sick or worn down or stressed out, definitely consider giving Reiki a try. The second was to keep track of symptoms in a journal for a measuring point. So if you're finding yourself Um, maybe with a disease such as lupus or IBS, or you're experiencing any kind of symptoms that are decreasing your quality of life, keep track of those in a journal. Like Sandy gave us her list of symptoms. And that way you have a point that you can look back in a month and two months and three months and see where the improvement is and even take it a step further. And you can give those symptoms Uh, rating skills. That was a big thing, uh, a big part of our triage in nursing. So pain was always uh, an extra vital sign. So definitely keep track of it so you know when you're making progress. Third thing, know that you can heal yourself. Our bodies are miraculous. They are amazing. And through return to a proper diet, more like our ancestors ate. Think about way back when they didn't have traditional doctors. They didn't have traditional Western medicine, antibiotics, all the the things that we have now, pain medications, narcotics. They didn't have any of that. They relied on plants and herbs and um, their faith and just things in their natural environments, their food that they ate. So I don't know, they may have had it uh, right all along. So a return to our more natural roots is might be what your body needs. Reiki is some great self-care. And so if you have not tried it, I highly, highly encourage you to go book a session with Sandy. Go follow her on Instagram. Check out all the information that she gives. She's constantly just giving amazing information that will give you really great insight into maybe some of the things that are going on with yourself. So go ahead and check out all the show notes. I'm going to link the book that she recommended running on empty. And I'm also going to show you where you can find her. And thank you so much for joining me this week for the show. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you found a useful tidbit that really spoke to you today. So please come and find me on Instagram at the Self Project Studio and let me know what you want to hear more of. Also, definitely make sure that you come and join my Facebook group at the Self Project Studio Community because that's going to be where the real fun is. So make sure you subscribe and I would love for you to leave your reviews and your feedback. I'll catch up with you next week.